Okay, you wanna do you wanna start it off? I I do. Yep. In three, <laughs> take a big breath. Here we go. Okay, <laughs> two, one. Did did you did you forget the name of the podcast? Did you? <laughs> See, this is what people, they love this part here. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all choked up, apparently. Happy New Year, everybody. Did you guys have good holidays? So we're recording this on the uh, 30th day of December, 2019. And this, this is going to be a very short introduction to let you guys know that we have heard your requests, that uh, we have, um, we're kind of one-sided in our podcast uh, which I don't understand because the important person got on and the other one didn't. <laughs> no, we... I hope they can be around for another 60-some years then if we have to work out all our issues. But but we do thank you for letting us know. And we did know that we had some problems to work out, and we're hopefully back on track. And we are uh, really – we are. What's to come up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. Uh, we are going to also have as one of our guests, Mr. Bill Sparks, who's been with us before, talking about the June oven as well as the Amazon smart oven. So it's going to be sort of a uh, just a general uh, difference between the two devices. They're both smart and they're both very good. And I just I cannot wait to bring you guys the next few podcasts. Well, I can't. I never can wait anyway. But uh, boy, I'll tell you, we really enjoy you guys um, reaching out and sending us. <laughs> Hate mail. <laughs> no, no, just like get a, it's like, and we should be in a correctional institution, actually. I'm, I'm glad you said act because it's a, it's a clean podcast, you know, actually. So thanks. Um, yeah, we really do appreciate the comments though, and we're glad that you really love the podcast because, uh, we love you guys for listening seriously, and thanks for reaching out. We'll uh, get on with it. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Oh, that's so. Oh, quit. <laughs> now, before we begin, I'd like to mention that we are recording this in 3D audio or binaural sound. What this means is you must wear headphones to get the full benefit of this recording. Again, you must wear headphones, otherwise you won't get the full experience. We'll be surrounding your head with sound in 3D audio. You will hear the aquarium in front and back and left and right. It'll be all through your head. And when you hear the bubble sound, we will be switching scenes in the podcast. We'll be going from one exhibit to the next or to the next presenter. Again, when you hear the bubbles, we are changing scenes. Thank you. And here's the podcast. Bill and I have been podcasting for many years, so I thought before we started the Great Lakes Aquarium demonstration, I'd walk into Jay Walker's office, who is the director of the Great Lakes Aquarium, and ask him this question. Hi, Jay. How would you like to podcast with us for accessibility moving forward? Would you like that? Uh, not really. Uh, well, we're going to do it anyway. This is the shipwrecks exhibit. Right, so right. It's like we are underwater right now. There's a big habitat in front of us, and it's got spooling fish that are probably the size of your arm uh-huh. in length. Uh, that are yellow and black and like traveling all together so they're like flipping all around. There's okay. two stingrays that kind of float around them and they're taking their time. Okay. And then I think it's a puffer fish. Oh, sure. But not, he hasn't puffed yet, but he, he's a big fat budgie like that. More and more. Oh, I'm not sure what that is. Um, potentially a shark? I don't know. Oh, you know, she did say that they were going to have a shark exhibit. So what bet, what makes a shark a shark? It looks like a shark, but it not the back end is different. So instead of having, I don't know, like a split tail, uh-huh. it, it's got more like one long tail. Oh, one huge fin is sure. Wow, and then this guy just came out of nowhere. He is huge. Maybe like a group. The fish right now are swimming around, and I believe she's going to start talking soon about what they're doing in the exhibit. Okay. I'm not sure if it's a feeding or what, what's going to happen. We're getting ready to go here in the next few minutes. So if you would like an audio description, once again, if we weren't here earlier, we do have devices available for that. So feel free to come up and get set up with one of those. And then kids are welcome to sit up here in the front with me, but we need to make sure we stay seated on pockets or crisscross applesauce so that all the people behind us can see too, okay? Awesome. Uh, So welcome to Great Lakes Aquarium, everyone. My name is Abby. I'm part of the education team here. Uh, You may have seen me earlier doing the other dive program out the front there. And this is our Shipwrecks Alive Predator Exhibit. So all the fish in here are different types of predator fish, which means that they like to eat other smaller fish. Um, But these fish all make really good neighbors. We made sure um, we didn't want to see the food chain in action over here. 
so these fish, we have lots of different kinds. You might notice some different kinds of sharks in here. Uh, there are also some stingrays, and then there are some other kinds of fish as well. So with so many different kinds of fish, we're going to have to do lots of different kinds of feeding. Um, and so you're going to hear lots of splashing in the water. Um, so there's lots of activity going on. So these fish are excited about food. Um, they can actually hear their caretakers walking behind the exhibit there. Um, and so they know it's about time to get fed for them. Um, and so we're going to start to hear splashing as things enter the water and the fish start to move around more and more as well. Um, and so mostly what we're going to be seeing is different kinds of target feeding. So target feeding is where an animal has learned to come to one specific place or one target to find their food. So you may have just heard a splash. That is our mailbox feeder entering the water. It's a PVC pipe construction. It's a square shape. It's got three different layers. And then attached to that bottom layer, which is a little bit thinner, um, it's got some shrimp zip tied to the bottom of it. And this is to target feed our zebra boray eel, which looks like this. If you can't see it, I have a picture in my hand of a zebra boray eel. And so this, um, this fish hangs out in a little log where our mailbox feeder is. So we put that mailbox feeder right in front of the log so that the zebra boray eel is encouraged to come out and get some food. So you might see its head poking out there if you're close enough to the exhibit. So this is one form of target feeding. Um, we'll see lots of different kinds of targets. Oh, and he's coming up. Mm. It's like a big snake-like thing coming here. into the shoebox. Mm -hmm. See that zebra mora eel is actually going in and grabbing that piece of shrimp there. Wow. And then he'll take it off and he'll pull it back inside his little log and then he'll eat it in there. So swimming around in the exhibit are these big silver and yellow fish. These are called golden trevally. Um, and these are a schooling fish, so you'll notice that they stick pretty close together. Um, and these fish are not target fed, although they will go after other fish's targets. They are pretty excited about anything food related, um, so they know that these targets are places to find food. So you might see them going to other fish's spots to get some extra food. In the top right corner of the exhibit, there is what we call a sling for our zebra shark. So got two large PVC pipes and then there's a cloth bit underneath and hopefully our zebra shark will go in there and swim through the sling and get some food. Usually our zebra shark is going to get some squid. And if you're on that end on the right hand side you can maybe see our zebra shark. Like both of our horn sharks are actually in the ray box right now. So these are two, they're both still in there. Uh, these are horn sharks. They're small brown sharks. These are both fully grown adults. Uh, they're about a foot and a half long, so probably about the length from the tip of my fingers to my elbow here. Pretty long sharks. Um, they are types of carpet sharks. So all the sharks that we have in here are carpet sharks, which means they're, they're flat bellied and they usually find their food along the bottom. Um, and a lot of them actually have marbles or sensory organs down on the bottom of their head to help them find food as well. And that's where you'll find their mouth on these species of sharks here in the exhibit as well. So, you can't see the horn shark in there. I do have a picture here. Just small brown sharks. They also have spines sticking up in front of their fins to help protect them from getting eaten. 
my other fish. Yeah, they're pretty cool looking. There's one coming across the front, that small brown shark with these spots. So it looks like Chewy's trying to get back in his sling there over in the right corner. Uh, so Chewy is that long white fish with brown spots. Chewy is, or Chewbacca, if you're a Star Wars fan, is about as long as I am tall. Chewy's about five feet long. He's a fully grown zebra shark. Oh, he missed it. <laughs> He's pretty good about it. He'll probably just go right back around and go right back in there. If you folks think of questions, by the way, while this is going on, feel free to raise a hand and let me know and I'll try and answer. So you might not see all of these fish eat today. Grab you. Target feeding does involve a little bit of training uh, or conditioning in most cases. Um, so a really big reason for target feeding is keeping track of how much each fish is eating and making sure that other fish don't eat food designated for certain fish. So I mentioned these golden trevally, the silver and yellow fish. Um, I also mentioned how they're really food oriented. Um, and so they will actually go to other fish's targets. Um, and we don't target feed those fish. Uh, we just throw their food in the top of the water, um, so we don't need to worry about um, them eating enough. Um, the other fish, however, we, um, you know, they might get their food stolen by the trevally, um, or they might not eat every single day. Um, so if we target feed them, we know like how much they eat um, and on which day, and all that kind of stuff. We can log in for them. Um, it's a really good way to ensure that they're eating. Um, and then we can also do like things. We get up close with them, and we can check on them other health-wise, like see if they have scratches or anything that looks unusual. Um, so it's a good opportunity to get up close with the animal. So, yeah. so target feeding is really useful for lots of good reasons. That's why we do it. Um, but the broadcast feeding is pretty effective as well. It's first come, first serve. So like I mentioned, we just throw that food on top of the water. Um, you'll see it eventually. Uh, usually we use it as a, there we go. Yeah. See, they'll just go for it. Um, maybe
Okay. In cold water. All right. To try to kill these guys. Well, just as long as you don't try to push me in, I'll be fine. <laughs> I finally have my chance to do it with you. Okay. Um, so what we need to do first of all is wash your hands. I think there we go. Okay. It's one of those automatic things that I can never make them wash well, you, if they run with an electric eye, so you just put your hands up to them and then... And then, um, I don't... Well, there's a dryer, but you don't want it. Well, if you want to dry, but I'm not going to study, so well, I can I'm wash my hands. Well, I'm only going to get wet anyway, Exactly, right? that's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah. Biggest one in here is what, probably four feet? Uh, about four and a half. Four and a half? Okay, so it's a big one. Um, all right, so another one. You know, they keep coming by our ankles. All right. Oh, one might be coming. Okay, And what's the reason that they want to come up to... Okay, so it's coming by, but very slowly. Okay. It's still about a foot away from the water. Oh, no. Oh, okay. It's probably still another foot down below. Maybe. Okay. Well, we'll try again. <laughs> this is the only way I can get my hand held by anybody. <laughs> Those people are afraid of me. <laughs> So the object I'm explaining to the audience, so the the object of it is to stick your hand in the water and wait for the fish to come by to touch yeah. them. And uh, we're standing at a tank that is probably, oh, like stomach high. Yeah. And at the, I mean, feel how thick the, the yeah, glass it's, is. Yeah, the glass is about, about an inch, inch and a half, yeah, about two yeah. inches thick. And the water appears to be about, oh, I, I'm guessing. Uh, 61. 61. 60, wow, it feels colder than that. Yeah. Um, and the sturgeon that we're seeing, some of them have curled fins. Okay. Um, uh, if I remember the story right, the sturgeon are from. So there's a couple of different places. Um, a few of them were donated to us from the facilities down in Tennessee. Really? Oh, I see him. Wow, they're really cool. They're, they're flat and they're... They, they're just... I don't, I don't know how to explain it. They are... It just touched my hand and went away, yeah. Um, so they can't be captured from the wild, right? So, so they, they know when all of these uh, fish were born. Are fish born? Hatch. <laughs> They're hatched, yeah. yeah. Um, so, um, because some of them were in such tight tanks and tight quarters that their fins are curled. Um, I see, I see, yeah. yeah. So, what is the reason that they want to have you touch them? Just to be so. Do, how do they even know you're here? They've got their vision, don't they? Yeah, they can, like, see above the water. Oh, they can. So they actually know that you are reaching for them, right? Yeah. What's the one that likes to splash? That is Daisy. Okay. Which is a um, just under four feet long, a brown Siberian sturgeon. 
Okay. Okay. Right here. Yep. Okay. coming towards us. Like very uh-huh. That very Okay. So she's known to come over the That'd be cool. Yeah, I'd like to. Hi, buddy. There he is. Wow. Oh, he just blew, he I just he, he was looking at me. I had my hand I had my hand on him and he just Yeah, well he, he glided past me and I had my hand on him for about 5 seconds. That's really cool. And I wish I could describe it. The only thing I can kind of describe it is a uh, a, a live piece of like steak <laughs> that I had my hand on that was and he was curling his he was waggling his fin, I think, or was it his tail? No, no, no that he had his, his face. Okay. His face oh, his face. That is just neat. So he was actually let me touch him as he was going by. He wanted to touch you. Oh, is that what it was? I think so, because he came and he looked exactly at you. came right up in front of you. He wasn't in front of me at all, and then stayed there. I saw that he did that, yeah. yeah. Maybe he likes podcasting. Maybe he, he just wants a star moment. He's yeah. 15 minutes ago. He's coming back again. Well, he's not a starfish. He's, he's still deep. But let's see if he comes he? up against the rest. Ah, uh, buddy. Okay. Oh, he's a little... Maybe he's mic shy. He's, he's, no, he's coming. He's, he's coming. And I got my hand on him again. And he just glides by. That's really cool. Well, fish like me anyway. <laughs> Hank is the one that likes you. Hank, okay. Hank, that's the one I touched. Yep, he's coming back again. He's got a very white little nose. Wow. And then catching him again. Yep, there he goes. He just dove. That is cool. Oh, he's definitely. God, he's cool looking. He's like, he's big and fat, kind of. He's um, very muscular feeling. Oh yeah. This pool that we're over. Imagine that we're at the edge of it, and you can feel the curve of the glass. So there's this one round area. Probably this is maybe 20 feet around. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a whole other offshoot coming up, but far from us. Okay. It goes just as far, so doubled in size. Um, the other neat thing is there's a video of, up on the wall with them feeding the sturgeon. So oh, you sure. can see feet in the TV screen and then dropping food down for the sturgeon to eat. And they just kind of hang up by this guy's feet. Yeah, interesting. So they're a free, a really free uh, moving. Yeah, fish. Yeah, they, so so they, they're like circling the pool. Uh -huh. so, like all of them now, all 17 of them are over on that other side and then they start to cycle through. Although one is like face to face. There's a fun um, sculpture over here. Let's go look at this. Okay. So he is sitting uh, kind of half on. So this is a seal? This is a seal. That's the tail. So I'm standing at a seal sculpture and it's made out of... I would say it? bronze. But bronze? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Doesn't so it okay. feel yeah. 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 
That's his tail. Are they life? Uh, I think so. Life yes, I think so. And they, uh, and they bark when dog. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. You've been to California to hear them, haven't you? Oh, you've never heard a seal? Washington State had them. Okay. Pacific Ocean. And uh, we heard them seal without banning or barking like crazy. Wow. Cool. And they, when they, they have like um, nose. What do they call it? A breathe, a breathe hole. Yeah. And they blow air through it. It's really, they like it. They make this really air sound. It's a There's very this pinched nose. It's very strange. It's a very neat feeling bronze statue of the seal. But for some reason, I like yeah. him so much. I have my hand left on it. Interesting stuff. Okay. I, I have a quiz for you. How much does the average American use in water every day? And this accounts for the water that we drink, we clean, we grow our food with, and we power our technology. Oh, you mean in gallons? Yeah. Okay. I'm guessing yes. uh, okay. 56 gallons. You're low. 1,000. Oh, come on. Really? So I would imagine in the production of food and also technology. You know, powering. That, that's what they do. Oh, interesting. And it looks like industry is the biggest user of water, followed by agriculture, and then domestic use is, is the smaller part of that. Okay. Yeah. I would have said my son uses at least that for every shower, but yes, not, I know. not yes. me. <laughs> um, so I'm looking here. What is water worth to you? So... And I'm not sure what it's quantifying, but it uh, says United States is 25 cents for water. How much it would cost to fill up a bathtub? It would cost 25 cents in America to fill up a bathtub full of water. In Indonesia, it would cost two cents. Wow. To fill this bathtub with holy water from the Lord's Grotto would be $38,000. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and to fill this bathtub with water from the International Space Station, guess how much? $2,084,000. That, that would have been my guess, yeah. Yeah, right there, right there huh? yeah. Oh. So what is it saying? What happened here? Prior to 2010, all water had to be brought to the space station. It's heavy, which means that you'd have to pay for rocket fuel, oh, shuttle, course, blah, 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 yeah. to get up there. In 2010, they began recycling all its water. Now it costs zero dollars to bring water there because they recycle it. But that's gross. Oh my God. Yeah, but the initial outlay though for it. Right. Yeah. But still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be an astronaut now. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> okay, I'm back, Randy. Okay. So she's got a. I hear she's got a skunk on her she's shoulder. She's got a skunk on her shoulder. And now I can't see anymore. Everybody's crowded her up. <laughs> I, I hope he's decented or she's decented. Like. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> um, and what an attraction. All the little kids are around. Oh, that. Does he appear to be tame? Yeah, yeah. All the, 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 there's just a little girl petting the back of the skunk right now. And a little, little kid petting the skunk right now. Oh, do you want to go touch the skunk? Okay. So there's lots of little kids around. Actually, so she's got him with his head up by her, on her shoulder, like over her shoulder. So all that's exposed is the backside. Oh. He's two years old. Two years old, she's Okay. He's only about 10 years. He's an adult. 10 years is what they go? Yeah. 
Hey, do you think uh, eagles and uh, wolves and stuff go all about stumps in the morning and smell? They, uh, yeah, so that's what the patterning is for. Generally, they're like bred into them. They can no smell. Uh, well, eagles can't smell, but the uh, the spray is actually quite sticky, yeah. and so it sticks to their wings. So things like oh, owls oh. and eagles won't attack them. Oh, so that's like their double defense. Yep. Oh, nice. yeah. Even though they can't smell, they just go on I gotta touch him just to say I touched him. Yeah. He can touch him. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Isn't he yeah. fat? He doesn't care too much. Unless there's something shiny on him. If I wear earrings, then he'll like kind of paw at them. You want to see his cute little face? Are they, they kind of like cats? Yeah. I'd say that's about the size of them. Yeah. Okay, so right here we go. Yes. Hello. Hello. Hello, so we're just going to give a nice gentle touch. Lower back. Yeah. He feels like a cat, only I'm recording for a podcast, by the way. Oh, awesome. Oh, I'm petting a skunk right now. This is a boy skunk. His name is Snacks. Snacks, what a great name. Yeah, his brother's name is Snoops. Long claws. He has a little boy parts, yep. Yeah, then girls have girl parts, yeah. Thanks for... The education. Yeah, thank you for joining us. <laughs> Great. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Have fun. Yeah, well. Hey, this is Brandy. Asking about the utterance of it, and I had no answers. He was saying, "Are they mean?" Okay. Uh, not really. When That's, they breed, they're mean. Yeah, right? like because okay. remember that story about the the lady on Island Lake that was attacked yes, not too long ago. Yeah. They figured that was probably the case. It was they probably it was an otter. Well, they knew it was okay. an otter, but it was probably okay. because of that she had some pups. I'm oh. guessing. Okay. Um, and so that's why uh, that they would do that. So okay. normally they're not aggressive that way, but if they feel threatened or what have you, they could be. They can be aggressive. Okay. And as I like to point out, if I grab this and and uh, oh, you can sort of and, and maybe Randy, if you wanna. Right in front of you, I have a skull. There it is, and you can feel the teeth. Wow! Yeah, they got they got a heck of a business end on them, you know. Boy, oh boy! Um, <laughs> how can I describe? Just really long teeth and molars, yep. and uh, yep. I wouldn't want to get bit by something like that. No, exactly. And I have been bit by it, and oh, I can have. tell you that it's not fun. No, it's, it they, feels sort of like a hammer. Do they clamp on? Is that what they well, do? Well, you know, for me, it was a case of mistaken identity. I was feeding them, and so I had a rubber glove on, or like a latex glove on, when I was feeding them. And uh, I didn't pull my hand away fast enough, and he clamped down on my finger. And uh, he knew that it wasn't food, though, because he released right away. But, oh, man, that hurts. I was like, holy cow, they got a bite. What do they eat? These guys eat smelts. We give them fish and uh, silver side, little tiny fish. We give them um, shrimp. They get uh, carrots, and they get and cat food as well. And, and in, in the wild, they're pure carnivores. So they'll eat fish, they'll eat mice, they'll eat anything they get their little paws on but when we have them here we actually feed them an omnivore diet like the like the um the carrots and all that because the food that we bring in loses the vitamins in the freezing process because we get bulk food so that's how we add in the vitamins back is that omnivore diet now the only reason that i was asking so much about them is because i i knew i was going to be coming here and i heard that you guys had an auto exhibit yeah and i started so i asked google uh, if they were mean, and they and she said, uh, it said, yeah, they, they can be mean, yeah. especially during the mating season. Yes. They, they clamp down they can un, be... under the nose and hang on while they, uh, <laughs> wow. you know, 
They can yeah. be aggressive. And I thought, man, I'm glad I'm a human. Yeah, right? Here's <laughs> You want to feel one, though. Hold on. I have a pelt of one here. And this is really cool. Right in front of you. Okay. There oh, it is. Look at that. You can feel that. So he's got a pelt on his arm. And yeah. it's, uh, yep. it feels right like a, okay, it yep. feels like a, what would you describe, like a raccoon, sort of? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it's like a, they're, honestly, the way I sort of describe them is they're sort of, they're very long. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and they're very fusive, like tor torpedo shaped, almost. That is and that's, really cool. and it's crazy. So this is the actual full pelt. So if you, as, as I move your, your, as you move your hand, you can feel it. That's its nose. So this is the actual full critter. So the, this I, is its head that you're on. Okay. That's its ears. That's its back. Oh, great. So, and then we can go all the way to its tail. So they're about four feet long? I yeah, think? this guy's probably about, yeah, I'd say probably about three and a half, four feet. Okay. Yep, yep. What's really cool, though, is to feel this fur again. Okay. It's right there. Yep. That they have, they're very waterproof. And so they, yep. Water. And bounces right off. Yeah, of and they have 10,000 hairs in a square inch of their fur. Oh, my God. And that's how many hairs we have on our head. I used to have that. Right? I know. I see here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what they have. That's it. So when, when we had a full head of hair, that's how much hair they have in one square inch. So the water just repels right off of it. And it's, so it's amazing that once they get out of the water, within seconds they're dry. It's just wild. So I take it that you don't let people touch otters in, in the exhibit. No, right? that's so, how, you're, you're right, right on the money there. Yeah, that's not something that, that would uh, bode I, well for I, me I, as I, a director here. Right, right. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I can imagine the uh, lawsuits. Uh, yeah, I'm imagining it right now. Well, and yeah. what's kind of interesting though, I'm going to point out one thing to you too. We do, uh, we do training with them and uh, and right in front of you, I have a, have a stick that I have, and you can feel there's a bulb on the end of that stick. And what's that for? This is for target training. And so what we do is we, the otters know to put their nose on that ball, uh -huh. and we have a cage between us. And they'll put their nose in the ball, and we can feed them. So it's called target training. We ask, we put the stick wherever we want to put it. They put their nose to it, and then, and then we give them a piece of fish. And the way, reason for that is we have them step on a scale, or have them so we can look at their paws and all kinds of ways for health reasons. And that's it. why we do that. And um, now, right now, that's called non-contact training. Okay. And so we're actually going to be working on contact training. So our trainers will not have a barrier between them Ooh, because not. they trust the animals and the animal trusts their trainers. So they actually don't need to have that barrier. But oh, they still cool. need to be careful, though, because the animal, you never know. Yep. So. Well, one thing I don't need is target yeah. training. I eat. I do too. I'm good. I don't need anybody. Yeah, right. I can and I can step on a scale too, even if I want to or not. Yeah. I'm actually thinking of not stepping on yeah. a scale from now on. Uh, let's go see what's so, yeah. yeah. so there's a display of yeah. the, the whole um, exhibit here. Yeah, if you want to feel the display. Here. Oh, all right. So it's the architect's model of it, is that right? Correct. Yeah, this so is the design. The waterfall that you hear is not this side, it is the left side of the exhibit. So, feel so this, right so here is a dry waterfall, mm -hmm. and then over here is the wet waterfall. So what you're hearing is that sound. So um, what does this actually represent? I was going to say, what now? If, if you were uh, a, a giant, you would be feeling Pakistan. I own my own right. You'd be, so. you'd be feeling <laughs> Pakistan National Park. Oh, so this okay. is actually modeled after uh, uh, Pakistan National Park. Which is where? It's on the north sh north shore of uh, uh, Lake Superior. So and it's in uh, it's it's actually called Otter Cove. Okay. That's what they call this area in that part of the park. How far up? 
So it's uh, if you go up, uh, I believe it's on the eastern, northeastern side of Lake Superior. So okay. I take it, is this paper mache or what am I? What this is, is actually clay. It is clay. Yep, this is actually made out of is clay. It, is it uh, baked? Yeah, I don't, you know, this one actually was, we had some that wasn't baked. Oh, right. <laughs> it, this doesn't sound like it. <laughs> yeah, so it could be, I'm not sure, actually it's a really good question, Randy. I okay. think it's clay, You're but the director, it, you give me the answer. <laughs> yeah, I, well, you know what, I was here when this stuff was made for us, because I've been here for 20 years, but I, uh, I don't, I never, I, I never really asked what this is for, but okay. it, I think it is clay. Yeah. And you can actually feel on, on the, the, you can actually push that. Like it's soft. It's still not, yeah, they didn't really kill yeah. that. Okay, oh okay. Yeah. What, so how do you spell that? It's, oh uh, boy. Uh, my, 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 I think it's P-U-K, A, I think it's P-U-K, A-S-A-W, I believe. I think it's like how it's kind of sound. Is that like a Native American game or? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and I don't. I gotta admit, I don't know too much about the park itself. Uh -huh. I just know that that's what this was was patterned after, and so that's where they took the, uh, the the from. What made you decide to become involved with this type of work? Well, you know, that's a great question, Randy. I uh, um, I was a music major when I was first went to school, and I wanted to be a music teacher. I know, right? Like, yeah. Where does that happen? Oh. And uh, along the way, I went to my uh, an aquarium. And uh, my wife, uh, my at the time, she was my fiance, and uh, she has family. Is she a in no, she's oh, not. Okay. <laughs> she has family in Baltimore, and uh, we were in Baltimore, and uh, one of the family members said, "Hey, do you guys want to see the National Aquarium?" And I'm like, "Sure. I've never been to an aquarium before. Why not?" And when we got done with the aquarium, I said, "You know what? I'm changing my major. This is what I want to do." So I've been working wow. in aquariums for 24 years. Yep. Wow. So I'm pretty pretty lucky. Wow. Yeah, and I was lucky to come here. It's, uh, um, I was in the cities for four years, and then uh, when this place opened, then I came up here in 99, and so it helped open this facility, and then never left. Well, and then wow. you moved up, right? Yeah, so I started as the curator, yeah. so my job was the curator of animal care, and uh, then I was director of operations, so I took care of the building, and then was able to become the director of the facility, and oh, the, have the opportunity to lead these great people, so. And I take it you really like what you do, right? I absolutely love yeah. what I do. It's a joy oh, and, and privilege to work here. Oh, and it's getting better and better and yeah. better here. And, and it's really, you so know, and it's, it is, I appreciate that. Yeah. And it's so much yeah. fun to have some of the team, that, like Samantha, that work oh. for me, that just yeah. just crush it and yeah. are doing such great work with the community, and I couldn't be prouder. She's an amazing human. Yeah. I, when we first met, it was I, mutually, I think it was an instant like, but you won't admit that. I guess, but, yeah. But, but uh, I found her just fascinating because she's into animals. and Oh, uh, she's amazing. She is such a, she's a great human. That's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah. I, I, and she is a dynamo. I mean, it's it's amazing what she can get done. Yeah, I'm always, I'm so, I'm again, very proud of her work and, and I'm really happy that she's part of our team. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Especially to have a day like this too, where yeah. we can do this, yeah. so, this work. So, do you, you normally do not have many of these things out on display then, like this? We do during the programs. You do, okay. So we'll have like the otter fur will be out okay. and we'll have all of these props that we have will be with us when we do our programs. Okay. Um, but I, I believe that was part of the 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 work that Samantha's doing for us too is to set up these tactile tours. And yeah. so trying to have that be available for, for, for people when they're requested or um, as we set that out. 
Yeah. But all saying, of the programs, we do have these types okay, of Okay, because she's saying now just call. If, if you have yep. a special tour, just yes. call and it will happen. Yep, so. she's got, yeah, so yeah. she's got it all set up and, yeah. and has every, I think every area and every exhibit has a tactile part to yeah. the tour, which is great. It's yeah. very cool. I was sending out some Twitter announcements and some Facebook announcements and I sure. did a few other things stating that I was going to be doing this. What kind of an interest would I expect? And oddly enough, I thought, you know, because I, I had no idea what type of accessibility mm -hmm. would be would be here that I'd find. And I said, would you like me to do a podcast on this? And man, I just, the, the outpour of... Uh, oh, really? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And That's great. I had one uh, gentleman chatted with me uh, online and he just said, uh, I would listen to this podcast for hours. Of Is that great? Like, yeah. That's so Because cool. usually I might cast it about half an hour, but I'm going to lengthen this one. Would you like a link to it when I get yes. it finished? Yes, that would be really great. Uh, that would be really great. Like, what's the general email of the aquarium? Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, yes. okay. Uh, it's info at GL ah, Aquarium. Ah, yeah, okay. really super ah, easy. Right. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. all right. I will, sure. I will send you directly. Yeah. Direct, I'll send you the direct Directly link. send yeah, it to yeah, me. Yeah, That'd be great. I will. I will. <laughs> and your podcast goes... Worldwide, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Oh man, I'd like to. I was just. I'm really starting to delve into the world of podcasts. Are you? So, okay. Yeah, because when I run, and I like to listen to podcasts. So, so we are uh, accessibility moving forward. Cool. And we talk about everything from. See, we used to talk about accessible devices, but now it's gone beyond that. It's yeah. It's um, 3D printing and ice makers and technology wow. and. Uh, oh God! Uh, oh man, know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we are informational, but we are quite silly at times. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's not straight late. <laughs> That's my kind of podcast. <laughs> well, you'll like it, I think. You know, it's funny. I've actually been kind of interested in starting one myself. I thought it would be a fun thing for us to do here. Yeah. I mean, to have an aquarium yeah. one because we have so many, so many people that are involved with us that do science on the Great Lakes, and it would be really fun to interview some of these people and. And I just, every time yeah. when I meet people, I always think, oh, it would be so much fun to interview, you know, somebody like yourself, Randy, and that just, and of that, like, of starting a podcast like that is amazing I to would, me. but I just, just hate attention. Oh, is yeah. that right? Oh, do. <laughs> you do? Is that right? So you like to be the interviewer. You don't want to be interviewed then. No, actually, I, I, I'm on both sides of the fence. So Are you? I'm okay. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, that's so uh, fun. Uh, when I email you, I'll give you yeah, you'll have my do. contact information. And that would be if awesome. If you want to do something with me, let me know. Yeah, that would be super, super great. I would love that. Absolutely. So what do you have? You have a, you have the, is that the listening devices that you have in your ears? No, what I have in my ears are a pair of binaural microphones. Okay. And they are fed into this. And this oh. is... This is a recorder that comes from the Czech Republic. Yeah, I think I've seen these before. Okay. Um, and it's totally voice controlled. In other words, what I mean is that the VU meters speak and everything either speaks or beeps or lets you know what the sample rate and recording is. Oh, so wow. these, what these mics are, you've, have you ever heard of binaural recording? No, I, I didn't. All right, so what I'm going to... No worries. What I'm going to tell you is that if you go on YouTube, yeah. look for these words, virtual haircut. Virtual haircut. Virtual haircut. Really? All right. And what you will find is that when you wear headphones and watch the video, I don't actually, I don't know if there's any video or not, but if you listen to it, you have to wear headphones. Okay. Because what these microphones produce is, uh, you'll like this, all inclusion. 
Oh, And okay. so, um, what I hear is what it records. So, like, if you are, if you come around me from the back and come around to my back, I will actually hear you in the back of my head through headphones. Wow. And so right now my left ear is pointed toward the waterfall. So yes. when you wear headphones, what you will hear is, you'll hear crowd off to my right, but you'll hear through headphones the waterfall in your left ear. But you'll also hear whatever is in the back, like kids or whatever we're hearing. Okay. And whatever it's picking up in the front, which is which would be you. Okay. But if the imagery is just insane. Like, I know I have recorded stuff, but when I actually listen to it, sometimes I think my dog has gotten out of the yard, or sometimes, oh yeah. Wow. Or, or sometimes I will actually hear things like people talking to me, but it's all in the recording. And I have recorded it, but forgotten. You know what sounds so, are around me. So in essence, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a 3D recording device. That is actually what it is. Yeah. Wow, that's Im that is so cool. And if you didn't wear headphones, it would be, it, it just doesn't sound good. You wouldn't really get much out of sure, it. Sure, sure. No, that makes sense. That yeah. is amazing. I yeah. Definitely virtual haircut. Yeah, virtual haircut. I'm gonna look that up. That is wild. So I find if, that you, if you want to look at other things, just look for binaural recordings binaural and you'll recordings. find all kinds of... Are you going to remember any of this? <laughs> I was going to actually start to write it down, Randy. Okay. <laughs> I got yeah. my phone out. I was just type, going to type it down. Yeah, binaural recordings. Binaural just, recordings. Just search on YouTube or that search on uh, Google. Or so cool. I'm going to put that in my notes here. Yeah, the first time I had uh, really wanted to uh, find out what they were, mm -hmm. uh, this one guy put up a post uh, mm -hmm. through, a, through a website that I was uh, listening to and he was a, a blind model train enthusiast okay and it used real um, real uh, I can't think of the term um, it's digital but which is weird because I'm into technology but <laughs> it, it was real digital imaging for the trains okay and so you actually heard the train from this device but you know, through the train cars and stuff, you know, through the engine. Yeah. So I had my headphones on. And he said, I'm going to demonstrate this train. He started up and it was coming right at me. And I actually reached out like this. So what I'm yeah. doing is holding my hand forward. And it was reaching my hand forward. I wanted to push the train away, even though I knew darn well that it wasn't there. Is that oh, right? Yeah. And that's it what, just feels so like it's right there. That's what these microphones do. That is the most amazing yeah. thing. On behalf of Randy Rustic and myself, this is Bill Tillery saying thank you again so much for joining us on this episode of Accessibility Moving Forward. We are always pleased when you send us your suggestions and comments reaching amf at gmail.com. That's reaching amf at gmail.com. You also may contact us via Twitter. Our handle there is at A11YAMF. That's at A11YAMF. Or you may leave us a voicemail at 218-209-2133. That's 218-209-2133. As always, you, our listeners, are the most important part of this cast. It would be worthless to do it without you. Thanks, and be with us next time for our next episode of Accessibility Moving Forward.